This is Coast to Coast with Robert Ambrogi and Jay Craig Williams, America's top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, both of them. One from California, one from Massachusetts. You can only guess what will happen next. Coast to Coast is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today to our show, Coast to Coast. I'm Bob Ambrogi in Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams from Southern California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court, which you can find at mayitpleasethecourt.com. And Bob? And I write a blog called Law Sites and another blog called Media Law, both at LegalLine.com. Today we're going to talk about uh, uh, what's sometimes referred to as uh, the lawyer's crackberry edition, uh, a lawyer's best best friend, uh, uh, the Blackberry. the BlackBerry may soon become obsolete due to the ongoing fight between NTP and Research in Motion. Well, NTP, Bob, is a small holding company who's filed a lawsuit against Research in Motion, the maker of the BlackBerry in federal court in Virginia, way back in 2001. Basically, in a nutshell, NTP alleged that RIM's BlackBerry wireless email devices and services infringed probably several dozen NTP patent systems and methods. That's right. This this fight has been going on for years, but NTP has won several key victories in, in recent weeks and months, and and that's kind of pushing the legal wrangling into the spotlight and, and heightening the possibility that the court will force RIM to stop offering service in the United States until the case can be resolved. Which raises the question, what will we do if we don't have our Blackberries? And to explain that is with us today, Attorney Eric Sinrod, who's a partner in the San Francisco office of Dwayne Morris. Uh, Mr. Sinrod's trial, appellate, and overall litigation experience includes experience before the Supreme Court. He's covered a, a number of Internet technology, intellectual property, information, communications, basically just about everything. He's represented domestic and international clients in major class actions where hundreds of millions of dollars have been at stake. He's handled numerous matters for smaller companies and individuals. And Mr. Sinrod was recently highlighted by an outside publication as the leading IP attorney in the land. And he's been selected by his peers as one of the best lawyers in America in the area of cyber law and as a super lawyer for business litigation. Recently, Mr. Sinrod wrote an article featured on Find Law and CNET entitled, I Want My Blackberry. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you very much. Eric, uh, you've uh, been looking at this issue, and, and uh, as Craig just said, writing about it. Uh, can you, what do you think is going to happen? Are you going to be without your Blackberry? Well, and I have to begin by saying that I am addicted to my Blackberry, so I am a Crackberry addict. So uh, if things go uh, negatively for a rim, uh, I might be uh, uh, going through withdrawal, I suppose. Um, but, you know, there's quite a bit of distance between here and there, and uh, it's an interesting situation, uh, which I can, you know, comment on. Uh, and, and as you said, it has been brewing since uh, 2001 when NTP first filed suit against RIM, the, the maker of the BlackBerry, in federal court in Virginia. And it's been a pretty uh, complicated and tortured uh, legal history uh, since then. Uh, there was a lengthy trial in November of 2001, and in that trial, a jury did return a verdict in favor of NTP and adverse to RIM. And so what that meant was that uh, RIM was on the uh, potential hook for legal damages, monetary damages, as well as a permanent injunction, which effectively would have halted 
RIMS BlackBerry service. Um, that injunction, however, was stayed pending RIMS uh, potential federal appeal. Uh, it took quite a while, but the appellate court did ultimately issue a ruling in August of this year. So that's practically four years after the trial. And the appellate ruling was somewhat complex in that it inf- affirmed in part, reversed in part, and vacated part of the trial court judgment. And the case was then sent back to the trial court with instructions that the trial court essentially get it right and do it in conformance with the uh, appellate court ruling. Uh, at that point, RIM you know, immediately sought a stay of further trial court proceedings. And the reason was that the uh, Patent and Trademark Office uh, currently is involved in an ongoing reexamination of NTP's patent rights. So RIM argued that the trial between NTP and RIM should not go forward until the PTO has essentially resolved uh, how valid NTP's patent rights are. Well, and as I understand it, uh, the, the patent office has negated, um, what, seven of eight of the BlackBerry patents? Um, I don't know if it's that many. I did read that one of the NTP patents recently was um, invalidated, which actually adds a little uh, color to uh, RIM's argument as to why there should be a stay. Uh, RIM approached the trial court and said, look, the Patent and Trademark Office will only take a few months in doing its reexamination. So, you know, this legal dispute's been brewing for years. What's the harm in a few more months? And frankly, uh, RIM took the position that it, was, that it was highly likely that NTP's patents would be invalidated. The, uh, the trial court disagreed and denied that request for a stay, saying that, in fact, the PTO might take years to complete its reevaluation. And the trial court seemed skeptical that um, there was a likelihood that the patents would be invalidated. But it, it seems to be that there are at least, I know of one that's been invalidated. It sounds like you might know of more. Um, so it's an interesting context. But NTP has been uh, painted in, in some reports on, on this controversy as, as, a, as a patent troll. And, and yet when, when this case all started, the, the uh, original holder of this, this patent, an inventor named Campana, was, was still alive. He's since uh, passed away. Uh, but is it is it accurate to characterize NTP as a patent troll in this case? And if if so, what is that? What what meaning should that have in all of this? Yeah, I'm not really sure I can comment on that, um, but I can certainly say this: uh, there was a lengthy uh, jury trial, and there was a finding of patent infringement in favor of NTP. So you can characterize NTP however you want, but at this point, NTP is the winning party, uh, unless this somehow turns around otherwise. And RIM is on the infringing end of NTP's patents, uh, as things currently stand. So if the label NTP in a pejorative way, given what's happened so far, I'm not sure works. Um, So as it stands right now, we're talking about protecting intellectual property rights uh, legitimately owned and found by a court to have been legitimately owned by NTP. Well, that's right. So I mean, even if NTP is a holding company and perhaps wasn't even doing all that much with uh, its inventions, to the extent RIM actually infringed on those inventions and took them to market and did a good job with them, does that somehow negate the infringement or any ability of NTP to prevail? I don't think so. Well, obviously, NTP prevailed. They had a $550 million verdict against RIM, and I guess that the settlement that they had reached about was for $450 million was recently overturned by the, by the court leaving open the possibility that they're going to be shut down. Well, that's right. I mean, I have, just like you, I've been reading, you know, press reports that there are settlement negotiations and that certain numbers have gone back and forth. And 
according to the press anyway, and we don't really know if this is accurate or not, but one item of discussion currently is that uh, NTP on a going forward basis would get a certain percentage of, uh, you know, RIM's uh, uh, revenue stream on, on BlackBerry, uh, which could be extremely significant. Um, that's obviously yet to be resolved. I mean, one way to conclude all of this is by a uh, mutually acceptable settlement that the parties agree upon and is approved by the court. If I was Nokia and Palm and Samsung, I think I would be doing everything I could to be uh, helping NTP push this forward. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. I did actually conclude my column I wrote a week or so ago by saying, you know, you know can you say Palm crack? Uh, you know, <laughs> and I, I speculated that one of the potential outcomes of this is that, you know, uh, users of Blackberries could, you know, create an exodus toward other wireless providers like Palm. Uh, well, we we joke about I mean we joke about lawyers being addicted to their their Blackberries. I mean you're you're with a a, a major firm where I suspect uh, most of the professionals are carrying around Blackberries. There's a real very real impact on on firms uh, if if this were to occur in terms of their IT departments and their and their communications. Is that, is, is there and, and what would have, how would that affect a law firm? Oh well, I mean if, if if you were you know shut down completely from using your wireless devices. You know, in some sort of you know immediate way, there could be a, a big impact. We've we've started creating our business lives in such a way that we depend upon them. Once upon a time, we didn't have Blackberries, and so you structured your work life accordingly. Uh, you know, now we are in meetings, we're on planes, or traveling here and there, and the like. And we we expect and we demand to have you know wireless access to email communications, documents, and and the internet. I, I have to believe though that you know in the in the chance, in the event that uh, you know BlackBerry actually were shut down, and we'll actually see if that happens. But if they were, I'd have to be able to believe that there'd be some sort of a grace period provided that would allow users the opportunity to go elsewhere, because there are other alternatives. What are your backup plans, Eric? My, I'm listening to our IT people here at my firm, and I think, like other firms, I, I don't think we see anything as imminent, and so we're just we're staying tuned uh, to the uh, the developments, and we're still using our Blackberries. Because, uh, you know, BlackBerry or RIM has stated publicly uh, in the press that it's it's developing non-infringing technology to, con- to permit its wireless service to continue uninterrupted. Um, you know, even if things don't work out well in the trial court level here, you know, RIM could go to the appellate court and ask for a stay. Uh, folks around the Beltway in Congress are crackberries addicts as well. And I don't think the federal government wants to have the same sort of problem our law firm or any other law firm would face. So uh, I, I'm a little skeptical that there's actually going to be a shutdown. Right. I mean, for IT people, this would be equivalent to having to kind of learn a new language or, or, or something along those lines if they had to suddenly change platforms. Yeah, but that's doable. Yeah. Have you used any of the other platforms? I mean, for example, I use a Samsung i730, which is equivalent to that, but operates on the Windows system. I, I personally have not, but I've been in meetings with, you know, co- well, not colleagues, but not people in my own law firm, but I've been in meetings with uh, attorneys from other firms and clients and experts, and I've seen seen them use their devices, and they seem happy. So they're all our, our alternatives. Uh, I'm very happy with my BlackBerry, and so is our firm, but uh, there are competing products. What's the next milepost in this case? What what uh, what should we expect to see happen in in the coming weeks or months uh, with respect to this BlackBerry case? Yeah, well, I think it wouldn't surprise me if uh, you know Rim goes to the appellate court now and asks for a stay. 
uh, maybe they even go back to the trial court and say, look, um, these patents of NTPs are getting invalidated. And so what we said is true. And, you know, really augurs in favor of waiting and not having any further trial court proceedings until the PTO winds up what it's doing. Because, in fact, PTO is uh, acting uh, relatively expeditiously. And so far, so good for us, RIM. Uh, so I think they'll make further efforts at a stay, either at the trial court level or at the appellate court level. Uh, you know, naturally, if the um, stay efforts do not succeed, then the trial court proceedings will will go forward. Uh, I expect there'll be you know, further briefing and, and further consideration of issues in light of the direction from the appellate court. Um, and at some point along the way, um, there will be a, a conclusion at the trial court level. Uh, you know, given the uh, seeming inclination of the trial judge, it probably wouldn't be favorable for RIM, and then we'll be back at the Court of Appeal. Yeah, the trial court judge has said in some hearings that he has no issue with issuing an injunction shutting down all email services to the 3.7 million subscribers in the United States. Do you think he's just trying to force a settlement, or do you think he's real? He's going to be hanged up with that? Well, I'm certainly not inside of his head, and you know there are judges that you know, do talk tough because it, you know, brings the parties to the table, you know, quicker uh, and more seriously than they might otherwise. Uh, but, but there's some judges that just feel, look, you know, um, you know, this is how I'm ruling and deal with it. Uh, I do believe that there would be, if, if there would, were to be a potential serious adverse impact on customers, that I would, I would think there'd be some uh, receptive audience to uh, considering how to phase that. And that might be the, the appellate court, could be Congress. Uh, I, I just personally don't believe that we'll, we'll wake up one day and we'll try to click on our Blackberries and we won't connect. I Eric, doubt. Eric, Rim had many opportunities to license these patents dating back to well before any litigation was filed. Did they blow it here? Should they have done something uh, to, to license these patents earlier on? Well, I mean, hindsight's you know, 2020 and perfect. Uh, RIM probably believed in its positions. It probably believed it wasn't infringing. Um, but, but more than that, I mean, as I understood it, they, they wouldn't even talk to this guy, Campana, the inventor uh, who held the patents. Uh, he, he wrote to them and tried to contact them, and, and they basically blew him off. Well, that, I think that sort of feeds into what I was saying, though. I mean, I think they probably believed in their position. You know, it's not uncommon for innovative companies to get letters and demands all the time from small companies and individuals saying, hey, guess what? You're stepping on our intellectual property. And it's not unusual to ignore that because you don't believe it and you don't want to start um, negotiating from that basis because next thing you know, you're going to be negotiating with everybody uh, and undermining your own belief and integrity in your own intellectual property. Uh, But as it happens, uh, this one went south on rim uh, at the trial court level. And then at that point, you know, negotiations were probably pretty difficult. So if they had known then what they know now, <laughs> they might have yeah. approached this differently. Well, sure. I mean, if they had known you know, before the trial they were going to lose the trial, uh, but the other side didn't know that, they probably could have negotiated a deal that might have made sense for RIM. But that's not the real world. Well, and it seems like they're having a tough time negotiating a deal now that they knew, know that they've lost the lawsuit. Oh, yeah. Well, that's right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of wind in the sails of NTP. Um, except for what's happening at the PTO right now. 
I realize you're not a, you're not a you're not your firm's IT guy, but I'm just wondering if you have any sense of whether should should firms be uh, uh, you know kind of proactive at this point in, in anticipating what might happen and start looking at other systems, uh, or are they doing that already? Should they anticipate that there may be this a day when the Blackberries get turned off? Yeah, well, I mean, I certainly don't want to encourage people to run from RIM and run from BlackBerry. Uh, because I like it, but and I, and I don't want to have any sort of market influence. Uh, I think, though, I can state generally that it's always always a good idea to consider you know competing IT products all the time in terms of uh, function, service, and cost. And uh, that's no different now than any other time. Well, certainly, if three point seven Blackberries get turned off one day, there is not going to be enough other competing products out there from all of the manufacturers that have the same capacity and capabilities that BlackBerry has, and they'll run out of product. Uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing to ramp up or not. I think there could be efforts there. Um, I, I just don't think people will be out in the cold for long. Uh, like, like I said before, it's my own personal belief that even if there was going to be a turnoff to millions of people, that would be phased in a way that you know they could have service long enough to, to migrate. That only makes sense. Well, let's I hope, I don't, and I don't think that would harm anybody. Let's hope that something works out. I think we're going to take a quick commercial break at this point. We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our Practice Center sections. Coast to Coast is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email. A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. The Boston Media Group has a staff of television professionals with 20 years' experience writing and producing compelling stories just like the ones you've seen on 60 Minutes or Dateline. We put a human face on the lawsuit with compelling interviews, dramatizations, and visual presentations of the fact. Think of it as a video opening argument that will compel the attorneys on the other side to settle. Call us for a consult at 800-317-5221. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com. Welcome back to Coast to Coast on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams. And I'm Bob Ambrogi. Thanks for coming back with us. We are here with Eric Sinrod talking about the world of BlackBerry. And uh, I just wanted to mention uh, that Eric's article uh, that we've been referring, I Want My BlackBerry, was published on News.com on December 7th. 
Uh, Eric uh, has a website, sinrodlaw.com, S-I-N-R-O-D-L-A-W.com, in which you can find references to uh, a, a wide range of articles uh, he's written for uh, a variety of publications. Uh, Eric, uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts on, on this matter and, and where we've been and where we're headed? Sure. I guess my concluding comments are as follows. Don't panic. Things will work out fine. Once upon a time, you know, the phone company was broken up into the baby bells and people didn't lose their phone service. Uh, a few years back, there was concern that Microsoft would be broken up into two or three different parts. Um, you know, wireless communications are here to stay, and notwithstanding this lawsuit and what happens with it, it will work out such that people still will have their ability to have handheld devices and send emails and get Internet access and retrieve documents. I'm confident of that. You know, whether it works out perfectly for NTP or RIM remains to be seen, but I think we as consumers and users will continue on. So you're not getting jittery at this point? No, not at all. I mean, I, I love my BlackBerry, but I, I know that I'm going to have a handheld with me at all times, and I'm going to have wireless communications. Uh, that's where I've been, and that's where I'm going. Yeah, I would agree with you, Eric, on the antitrust issue. I don't think we're going to be losing wireless services anytime soon. Uh, Waterloo, uh, Ontario's company, RIM, has lost 20% of its stock value since September in this. It doesn't seem like investors are running away in droves, but as a non-BlackBerry user, I'm certainly glad that I, I don't have one. There's a great story today on, on Bloomberg.com that, that depicts uh, 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 the office of Donald Stout, a, a principal of NTP, uh, in which he has a large polystyrene hand with its index finger raised uh, sitting on his desk. So I, I don't know if that's uh, an indication of what's to come, but uh, that's his perspective on this. Well, Eric, we'd like to thank you for being on our show today. We're going to wrap it up for today, and we're going to come back just briefly with some thoughts about news around the blogosphere. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Now, from the legal blogosphere, this week's legal nuggets, insights, and worthy trivia. You be the judge. Well, Bob, before we got started uh, in today's show, you said you had a couple of things that you wanted to chat about. Uh, well, that's right. I uh, We did a program uh, a few weeks back uh, on the uh, new shield law that was enacted to uh, protect the gun industry from certain kinds of lawsuits. There was recently a decision from the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of New York that was the first court to interpret the constitutionality of that new law. The uh, court decided that the law is constitutional, but that it did not apply to a pending case uh, in New York against uh, Beretta, Beretta Manufacturing's. And uh, so it's kind of a, a win-loss for the gun industry. The uh, decision by Judge Jack Weinstein, uh, he stayed his decision uh, so that the gun manufacturers could appeal immediately to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, so there will be uh, some law being made on that issue, uh, and there is already some law being made on that issue. Sounds like the constitutionality is going to last, but I would suspect that if the Second Circuit gets a hold of the case, they will uh, uphold the remainder of the, the uh, statute, which was to retroactively stop lawsuits uh, against gun manufacturers. That's right, and I think this was one of the cases that uh, was specifically targeted by the bill, so it is an interesting result, and, and we'll have to stay tuned to see what happens. Just today, uh, there was a, a significant case. Uh, uh, the uh, A court 
in Illinois, the Supreme Court threw out a, a $10 billion verdict against Philip Morris, uh, the tobacco company, uh, ruling that uh, it did not defraud its customers in the way it marketed its light cigarettes. Uh, just uh, as you and I were talking uh, before the show, I think this is something that we're going to uh, uh, look at more depth in, in a couple of weeks on this program. Certainly an interesting topic, one from the Illinois Supreme Court that will likely make its way up to the United States Supreme Court, given the federal connection of the case uh, in there. And anytime you have uh, 10 with a B in terms of a verdict being overturned, it's likely that uh, someone's going to file an appeal. And also, Bob, I think the uh, Patriot Act that we also we did a show on a while back has been reauthorized by the House of Representatives and is now pending in front of the Senate, but apparently the Democrats, at least your side of the fence, are going to be uh, planning a filibuster. Maybe we're going to go nuclear. Well, surprisingly, I think it was a a bipartisan uh, move toward a filibuster. I don't don't think it's just the Democrats who are in the Senate who are opposing uh, this extension of the Patriot Act or are concerned about it. Um, So uh, that's... uh, uh, the, it, it's it's uh, it's not just the Democrats. You're right. I was just going to see if I could get a rise out of you on that one. There are, seems to be some issues on both sides of the fence in terms of the national security letters that are being used, and there's been some recent uh, buzz about the spying that's been going on in some rather innocuous uh, areas where you think that there wouldn't be any spying by the uh, FBI or even the CIA. Uh, that people I don't think, and especially some congressmen, are not very happy with. Right. What's going on out there in the blogosphere? Have you been paying attention? I, uh... Well, in honest, in all honesty, Bob, I had uh, eye surgery yesterday, so I have not been reading or watching the blogosphere recently, and uh, I was going to ask you that question, if you'd seen anything lately. Well, I think one thing I wanted to mention uh, of interest that, that actually does implicate me a little bit is, is uh, the... Uh, E-publishing group Courant, uh, which has uh, published a a number of different web blogs over the years. They uh, have for some time published the the popular Between Lawyers uh, blog that uh, features uh, Denise Howell, Dennis Kennedy, Tom Mile, uh, and uh, uh, some others. uh, And they've recently launched a series of of hubs uh, in which they're trying to draw together and kind of uh, edit and sort through uh, some of the more interesting content on the web into themed hubs. They have a media hub, a marketing hub, uh, and and others. And it's kind of an interesting experiment in blog publishing where they have they're both publishing the raw feeds and also having an editor kind of go through them, similar to what Law.com does and and uh, what Lisa Stone does for Law.com. So that's worth taking a look at. That's at Courant.com. C-R-A-N-T-E. Certainly good and certainly some great bloggers on that team. Well, thanks for listening to Coast to Coast today. Bob, uh, have a nice holiday season and a happy new year. Yeah, I'll talk to you next year, I think. It will be. And to our listeners, have a great, wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast with Jake Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Coast to Coast has been sponsored by Law.com. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Money, money, money. 
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.